The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the first cut. I'm Rick Gaiman. And if you have not watched the end of the Zozo, uh, stop. We're going to spoil this for you in about five more seconds. So if you're waking up and you're drinking your coffee and you're firing up the DVR to see what happened last night, uh, you might want to pause. Greg Ducharme first here. We're going to spoil the results of everything that's going on in the world of golf right now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm happy to be the one to do it. Uh, big congratulations to, again, one more uh, notice. This is a spoiler alert, okay? Congratulations to Keegan Bradley. Well, I mean, what a victory. I, I was so moved by it. All the interviews and all the uh, post-round press conferences I watched, I, I couldn't help but feel love for this guy. It was, it was so cool. Keegan is such a different character to me these days. And um, I, I really enjoyed watching him play, watching some of the highlights, watching his performance. But more than anything else, what he what he had to say after the tournament. Yeah, great stuff afterwards. The career evolution on Keegan Bradley is one of the best uh, that we've got in the last decade or so. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to have you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, we talk about golf. Uh, just can we for a minute just revisit what happened yesterday in college football? And I, I'm just concerned. Has anyone checked on Knoxville, Tennessee? Is it is it still there? I mean, <laughs> well, our, our very own Jenny Dell was uh, on the on the sidelines afterwards. I, uh, hopefully she made it out. All right, because things well, are I, getting crazy. I got to give a shout out to MK Rotenberry, who's her on uh, sideline PA, who does work for us in the summertime for CBS Golf and MK's from Abilene, Texas, and has sort of come up through the ranks and got a really good gig there. But I saw her getting bustled about the place to grab the Tennessee coach, but pulled it off. So uh, good on you, MK, doing it for the for the greater good. Kyle Porter is here. KP, That that's what golf would have been in 2022 if they never stopped that tradition where they go to try to first guy gets the ball out of the cup. Everybody <laughs> rushes, right? And, you know, everybody, instead of jumping on the goalpost, they're ripping out flag sticks from all over the golf course and throwing them in lakes. That That's the, you know, if they stop that, if they never stopped that tradition, that's what we would have seen. Yeah, St. Andrews, that would have been, uh, that would have been quite a scene. We'd just <laughs> carry Cam Smith into the North Sea. You guys need to check on me after what happened to my Cowboys yesterday with TCU. That was a, it was a tough scene. They blew a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm, I got to say, I might not seem awake on this stream. I've been up for like two hours writing, uh, rewatch. I, I watched, we got home from this concert last night. So I'm watching the Zozo as it's 
you know, you get home and it's like they're on the back nine. So I watched that. Then I watched the highlights. I missed a couple holes. I watched the highlights this morning. And uh, I love the pre, for me, pre-church, get all the work done, get the podcast in. And then it's like NFL Sunday. It's a, it, every every PGA Tour event should be in Japan, I think is the takeaway. <laughs> I'm with you there, I, I second that motion. This is now this is now a uh, exclusive Japanese tour podcast. That's all we're going to talk about <laughs> moving forward. My new favorite player, Kita Nakajima. That's who we're rolling with moving forward. Well, that's good. That boy's good. I mean, yeah. he's good. He's a, he is good. He's a stud. Uh, real quick before we jump into storylines, your uh, daily reminder: that first cut merch you want. It is available 20% off through the end of the year. The checkout code that you need, First Cut 20 if you're watching on YouTube, producer Troy's got a uh, QR code fired up right there. You can just scan it on your cell phone, take your right to the shop, get your hats and your shirts and your sweatshirts and your merch, all that fun stuff for the rest of the year, 20% off. Start with the Zozo. Uh, the final group, Greg... <laughs> Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, Andrew Putnam. Two things about this group. They were all about 1,500 days since their last victory. There was a cool little stat they showed on the broadcast. Uh, Putnam and, and Keegan, 2018, were their last victories. And Ricky's was, was it the 19 waste management or was it the 18 waste management? 19. 19. It was 19. 19 waste managers. So basically 1,500 days for all of those guys. Uh, there was a point on the back nine, Greg. I, it was You hit one good shot, you win this thing. It, it was a, it was a pillow fight. Nobody was really uh, taking it from anybody. It was a it was a battle of attrition. Yes, I think that's a fair way to say it. Um, now, you look at the scorecard for Keegan, and on that back nine, he made a couple of bogeys. He got it going on the front nine a little bit with birdies at – um, at five and six back to back there added another one at 11 and then it started making some making a couple of bogeys there um, where it started to get really tight but you're right it had that feeling of well, who's gonna who's gonna make a play here who's ready to take this thing um, and, it, and it came down to what Keegan did on 17 getting it out of trouble and then burying the putt uh, from what was that like 15 feet or so um, yeah 15 20. Yeah, critic, critical putt there. And it's that moment where, hey, I, I can take this thing. This is mine right now if I want it. And and he wanted it enough, which was which was really cool. I think, Mark, if we were playing the uh, the Paul Azinger pressure drinking game, I think we would have been dead uh, on the back nine because I'm sure <laughs> every shot felt like there was a lot of pre- I mean, Andrew Putnam ran multiple putts seven feet by trying to make comeback. It was it, it was kind of not hard to watch because it was exciting. It added drama. But I'm, I'm sitting there doing the math, wondering if Emiliano Grillo getting in the clubhouse at 13 under par had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> At one stage, you, you, you thought he might, uh, and, and that was the thing, because if you looked at the scoring, you know, day one was kind of difficult. No one really got busy. Then day two, everyone shot low and shot the grass off the place. And then the third round, people were moving about the place, some low scores. And then the final day, I mean, you had Emiliano shoot six, I think it was, and 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 uh, Xander shot five under. But largely, you know, if you were shooting a couple three under, you were moving up the leaderboard. <laughs> 
But final round Sundays on the PGA Tour just hit different. And you got that three, the three in the final group you referenced. It's been a long time since a win. And, you know, Parr was becoming a good score one stage there. And, and as you looked at them, and I sort of considered this for a while because I guess everyone, including the Japanese fans, were pulling for Ricky. Uh, and then Andrew Putnam's kind of the outlier a little bit. And Keegan honestly, was the most decorated, arguably, of all the golfers in that final trio there with a major championship and uh, what's it now? Has he got six wins or five wins or something? So so uh, you, you would almost hand the advantage, five wins, sorry. So you'd hand the advantage to Keegan, but goodness gracious me, it, it looked like it was just who was going to survive and get across the line. And, and to Greg's point, that birdie on 17 was – well take a step back. I mean, after shanking a bunker shot on 16 and getting out, there, that, that, that was pretty clutch. That, to me, was the moment in the on that final nine there. And and you got to hand it to Keegan. I mean, you could see afterwards with all the emotion just how meaningful it is. And, and, and the longer, as a winner, you don't win, the longer it wears on you mentally and emotionally. And it just grinds your mental gears some. So to finally get one under the, under the belt, I'm sure he's feeling over the top over the top over the moon right now I, I, real quick rick i i think i think <clears throat> there's a bunch of different forms careers can take on right you can be the speed where you come out of the gates and win a lot and like you just have a ton of success and you keep having success and you go you know you, you're on uh, President's Cup and Ryder Cup teams and all this stuff. You can take the Jimmy Walker path where you you kind of grind for a long time, then you win at the end of your career. I actually think Keegan's career has been the hardest uh, type to deal with mentally because he comes out and he wins, uh, what, three times in his first two or three years, wins a major. He's like, you know, 26 years old and you're like, man, this guy's going to be like awesome for the next 15 years. And then he doesn't win for six years and mentally to, to try to like recapture what you had or what you did. I mean, that, that seems really hard. And I think it takes a toll on, I can't think off the top of my head of another player who did something like that. Spieth has been a little like that, I guess. Um, his success was, was, I think longer and, and greater obviously than Keegan's, but mentally it's just taxing. And so I think some of that emotion was a result of, of like, man, I'm trying to be who I was when I was 26 and that's really hard to do. And I can accomplish it a little bit at a time. And I thought it was cool that he said, Hey, I want to be on the Ryder cup team and I want to contend in major championships. He went eight years between top tens at majors. He went from 2014 to 2022 I can't remember. I think you finished in the top 10 at the U S open this year or maybe the PGA. Uh, US open. Okay. He did. I think it was like T seven at the U S open actually, but yeah. he didn't, um, he just hasn't been who we thought he was going to be, you know, 10 or 11 years ago. And I think mentally that's taxing. And we saw some of that come out as a result of, of winning this golf tournament. The Especially emotion, Greg, sorry, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you, up go, the, you go, the, go ahead. the emotion, Greg, you could see it. It was brewing uh, even before he tapped in the final putt on the 72nd hole. He, he marks one from about two and a half inches. What, what was it? That's one of the shortest marks we've yeah, seen yeah. in a while. That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. So he marks it from about two and a half inches away and you can see the emotion already brewing there. And then you got some good stuff afterwards. And as Kyle's alluding to, you know, Hey, he, he, he's got loftier goals uh, than just this fifth PGA tour victory. He, he's got 
he's got goals to be on the Ryder Cup team. He's got goals uh, to contend more often in major championships. Yeah, and, and you look at him through this career path, which the, the difficult thing about this and what makes it so unique is not only, you know, where the wins fall for him, but the fact that he was so affected by a, a rule change in the game of golf. Right. The the anchor band comes along and Keegan goes from a routinely top 50 putter to a routinely outside the top 150. Uh, and this past season was the first season on tour since the anchor band where he actually gained strokes putting for the year. Uh, and, and so that's a huge hurdle to overcome. And it's like this roadblock that has been put on you by an outside source. And there are so many ways to look at that when, you know, it, whether you're dealing with a business and there's a, a political change, a law changes and it, it hampers your business dramatically or, you know, you're in the in the game of golf and a, a rule changes like this for Keegan. And it's so easy to go and blame outside forces. You know, uh, the, the USGA ruined my career. Uh, you know, it'd be so easy to take that path and go down a negative mindset. But what we see today with Keegan um, is such a positive reinforcement. And the, the number one thing that I hear is, is, is this gratefulness uh, that he's able to be out here and still doing what he's doing and still have goals at the age of 36. Uh, and, and it's like, he missed his prime, you know, the prime of his career he's spending trying to figure out a new way to putt. Uh, and, and he's still a great ball striker. And I'm sure he still looks around and says, I can I can play with these guys, but I, I can't score with them right now. It's extremely frustrating. And it's a great story of, um, you know, overcoming an obstacle. That's a really good take there, Greg. And and just to build on that a little bit, <laughs> to Carl's point and to your observation, if you look at the courses he's won at, you got a Ronamick where he won the BMW, which is a big boy golf course. He won at the Athletic Club in Atlanta for the PGA Championship. He won at Firestone, the South Course, which is all you want. I mean, year in, year out, when that course was on the rotor, it was arguably the most difficult and really the most demanding from tee through green. And um, in my opinions, for all the times I've watched him play and stuff, he's on my old PGA Tour flusher team. I mean, the guy hits it. He really does. And then to have to um, battle the putter change for a while, that can get under your skin because you know me, what I'm like about being able to recover and save strokes. And saving strokes was never a thing he really had to do because he hit it so well. And when he shows up at big golf courses, those major championship places, to Carl's observation, he's like, well, this is going to rule out half of the field. So it's going to mitigate some of my weakness, if you will. And, and now to get here to a place which was a little easier, you know, with soft conditions and stuff, the weather was cold, so that made it hard. Um, I, I'm sure it's nice for him to see, okay, I can win – more than just that style golf course I was playing on. And and I feel like even at 38 years young or whatever he is, he's in good shape. You know, he's never really battled too much injury. Um, if he can keep this groove going on with a putter, maybe this does unlock like Keegan Bradley 2.0 for a little while. Uh, as mentioned, the first four full seasons for Keegan Bradley on the PGA Tour, a positive putter, and in some years, a big-time positive putter. Then the six years of being a big-time loser, getting it back on track in the 2022 season, now off to a roaring start in the 2023 season with his fifth PGA Tour victory, Kyle. 
a big time loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so statistically, big time loser. And, and I don't think I think to y'all's point, I don't know that I know, I know the DFS community is like you know they have this whole Keegan thing, right? And big time, yeah, first round leader, ball striking, all this stuff. I don't know that the and I, I want to talk about this with Ricky a little bit too. I don't know that the average golf fan is really aware of how good of a ball striker Keegan is. So if you look since 2011, January 1, 2011, the top five ball strikers. So this is approach shots and off the tee. Uh, no names that will surprise you. Rory, DJ, Rom, Morikawa, Hovland. So that's kind of your bait. That's like your, that's your elite. Like these guys are the best ball strikers in the world. If you go down the list, um, Keegan is number 24. So the guys that he's hanging out with, uh, Bryson, Tony Finau, Gary Woodland, ahead of Daniel Berger, ahead of Tommy Fleetwood, ahead of Brooks Kepka, ahead of Terrell Hatton, ahead of Henrik Stenson, ahead of Webb Simpson. So he's like a he doesn't necessarily fit in with those guys in terms of wins and like what he's accomplished at major championships. But man, he is a you like he's not an elite ball striker. He's a really, really good ball striker and has been so for, you know, 10, 11, 12 years. I would uh, I agree with you, but I would counter that with saying those are numbers, right? And and the one thing to contend on those big golf courses I spoke of is the ability to hit long irons high. And Keegan Bradley can elevate the thing off hard pan lies. I mean, if you talk about a guy who can really launch it, and all the greats in my estimations of all time have been able to hit the thing in the air. Jack Nicholas said, you had long irons high and wedges low, and you're going to be able to play anywhere. And Keegan does that as easily as anyone in the game. I mean, that guy can launch it. Not necessarily as far as the as the Rory's and company. He's not short, but he hits the thing in the air so easily. It's almost his go-to shot. That that's why he is, you know, the numbers might say one thing, but when you get to certain style golf courses, he instantly has an advantage from T3 green because of the trajectory. Uh, that might be my problem. I hit my wedges high and my long iron slow. I got to flip, <laughs> flip that a little bit. Uh, two under 68 for Keegan Bradley in route to victory on Sunday. The man he beats out Greg, or at least one of them was our 54 hole leader was Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler. I don't know if we have that drop anymore. Ricky Fowler, uh, who in all orange was going for that first victory since the 2019 waste management, uh, was not particularly sharp. He made birdies on seven and 18. The latter was too little too late offset by bogeys on three and 15, all pars on the card. Otherwise, yeah, I would say um, it's a it's a positive step in the right direction, considering all that Ricky's gone through. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of fascinated by the start to this season for Ricky. It was a T six at the Fortinet, missed the cut at the Shriners with uh, a couple of seventies, and then you know has a chance, a really a, a really legitimate chance to win here. You could argue he should have won this tournament. Um, but the changeover from John Tillery back to Butch Harmon is what's so interesting to me. And I wonder, are were some of the habits and some of the routines that he was building with John Tillery kind of just starting to come through? Um, you know, in a way, 
Michael Bannon, uh, Pete Cowan, and and Rory McIlroy, that trio, that changeover last year reminds me of this in a way. Um, or is is this the old things that he used to do with Butch coming back and being so easily received because he's done them before? They've led to success before, uh, and it, it brings on some confidence of, of freedom. And I wonder what kind of has led to this success, but. All in all, you're looking at a game that's ready, that's uh, that's there to compete, and now it's a matter of believing that he can do it for four days. And I don't think there's a, a better coach on the planet who can take a player who has this kind of ability and get him to do it on Sunday uh, than Butch Harmon. So I, I think Ricky's in a in a really good place. Um, you know, he's a he's a, a day away, if you will. That's a good take there. Um as I know the two of them, Butch and uh, Tillery, uh, I would say Tillery is more of a golf instructor and Butch is more of a golf coach. And now Butch will make some technical adjustments with you, and uh, but they're always very simple. They're always very visual. Um, there's never a whole lot of data spoken, you know, unlike some of the modern day, the, the younger instructors. And, and Butch is very much a player's guy. So I'm sure one of the first things he was talking about with Ricky was, all right, you're doing all this stuff. Now it's the 16th hole Sunday at the Zozo and you've got to hit a fade. Do you have that shot? And so there's a lot of shot making that he'll always work on and then target selection and stuff. Like when he hooked up with Tiger Woods at the start after he was working with Greg Norman, a lot of it was just management with Tiger and starting to say, look, you hit these sorts of clubs off the tee here and when there's water down the left, you don't miss over there and you pick the correct shot. So uh, you could sort of see some of that going on with Fowler because as he played today, he didn't have his best stuff, but he was never really short-siding himself. And he was leaving himself longer putts, but they were putts because they were playing into his strengths. And he had started to speak of the fact that the putter has felt more comfortable. So it's, to me, a move that is more up Ricky's alley. Because when he was a stud coming out of college at Oklahoma State, his golf swing, you wouldn't go and teach to people. But the guy could hit any shot in the book. And he could hit it from any, any lie in the book. And he believed in what he was doing. And that belief is a crucial word because then when you start doing something different, then there's always that questioning, that underlying doubt. And to me, he looked, even though it wasn't there, the comportment, the way he spoke, um, just the comfort level looked like he was – I'm I'm okay with Ricky now again, and and to me, to your point, um, Greg, I feel like he is he's close now. You know, twice he's been in contention. Now he's been in the final group, and he's hung around. He didn't capitulate today. He was there. He had a shot toward the end. So this is good news for Ricky Fowler. The the modern Ricky Fowler story, KP, kind of has to be zoomed out a little bit here. Uh, and you've you tweeted a little bit something alluding to this about how long this slump has gone on. So I'm looking through the results here. It's about two and a half years. You can kind of pinpoint an exact moment. Uh, the end of 2019, he finishes T6 at the Open Championship. He finishes T11 at a playoff event. He finishes, then starts the next year, 2020, with a great finish in, in Maui at the Tournament of Champions. He's the 36-hole leader at the American Express. And you're thinking, okay, an event he's played well at. Here we go. Ricky full throttle ahead finishes T10 that week. And since then, January 2020, by my count, four total top tens and two of them have been just in the last three starts. 
So it, it's been a long, long slump for Ricky. Yeah, I think it was what PGA Championship, CJ Cup, and then the last two. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, and that's, yeah, that's sort of what I was alluding to earlier is that I don't, I think that the average golf fan might tune into like majors and like three other tournaments or whatever. And I think if you do that, you don't really, I think they would, I think if you just pulled average golf fans, they'd be like, oh yeah, Ricky, like, how's he, how's he doing? He seems like he's, you know, still on the PJ tour Instagram account. <laughs> like he's, he, he's an, he, like, if you look at the numbers legitimately, like just objectively, he's an average PGA tour player. He's like a zero strokes game guy on the PGA tour. And that's not bad. I think sometimes guys like that and got even guys that are better when they start to like we talk about them as if they're horrible, but the reality is you're just comparing them to their former self. And so it seems, or it is worse than it used to be. But if you just looked at the overall picture, they're, they're not like bad players. They're just not who they once were. And I think, you know, this feels a little different, I think to Mark's point than last year, the CJ cup, he finished T three behind when, uh, when Rory won, and then he didn't, man, he didn't have a top 20 on the, on, uh, in 2022 or after that until the, uh, was it the Fortnite that he finished T six? Yeah. He didn't have a top 20, which is like, it was weird because he, he pops up at the CJ cup and you're like, okay, like this could lead to something. He misses three majors, doesn't have a top 20, doesn't do anything. And now all of a sudden it's, it's caddy change. It's coach change. It's, it feels like building towards something in 2023. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. It would be, it would have been the thing that people don't talk about. It, it would have been easy for him to jump to live. I'm sure he got a stupid number from them to come over there and just sort of play out his career or whatever. Uh, but to keep grinding like he has and to to um, grind out some top tens on the PGA Tour and to, I think, engender some real optimism from not only himself for his like for 2023, but from fans also of like, hey, Ricky could have a good year. And that's that's fun for golf. That's good for the PGA Tour. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'm glad for him. Uh, he's always been just behind the scenes, like super nice and kind and cares about people in the game and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm pumped for his 2023. Easiest guy to root for. Let, let me tell you, as, as anyone who's out on golf course looking for information, always takes questions, always gives you honest answers, always has time for one. I'm, I'm a fan of Ricky Fowler. I really am. And, and, and to what Kyle said, I, I have to give a nod to Ricky Romano. Um, look, all credit to Joe Scovran and a long-time career with uh, Ricky. But when Ricky decided, okay, it's time to make a change. I, I'm, I'm trying a new direction with Butch again. I'm getting rid of Joe which was difficult because they're long-time buddies. And then just putting up the clubs for a few weeks just to kind of get himself mentally attuned and and into where he's going. He comes back with Ricky Romano on the bag, who they're essentially the same guy, man. They're both from Southern California. They speak the same. They, they look the same. They walk the same. And, and Ricky has worked for some 
difficult kind of characters before. Uh, I won't list names, but you know, being on on Fowler's bag must feel like a heavenly job for him. And and he's a really energetic sort. And when a player is leaking confidence, to have someone who's seeing the, the the sunshine for the storm clouds all of the time, that is a really helpful deal. And so I feel I feel like not that Ricky Romano hits shots or anything, but I think behind the scenes he's this little moving force all the time that's kind of the energy cell that's driving the thing so 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 they're they're on a good wicket in my opinion right now and and good for scovron and ricky right like those those both of those guys i mean you've been around it mark they're they're both the easy guys to like and to root for and to talk to and and uh you know with scovron getting the best player in the world's bag and then ricky's you know recent <laughs> recent resurgence it's uh i'm 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 genuinely glad for both of those guys because they're they're uh they're two fun good guys in in the world of golf uh final thoughts here on ricky fowler greg uh worth noting we've been tracking this for a while this is technically the last year of his uh exemption from that victory in 2019 so ricky that's tour member uh, just through the end of this season. Now, <laughs> even if he were to lose his car, we've talked about this a lot. Sponsors exemptions would be uh, <laughs> just, I, it'd be fine, right? He'd play a lot, but uh, all, you know, now through a couple of events, he's, he's, he's seventh in the FedEx cup standings. This is a year where only the top 70 are going to advance to the, to the playoffs. Like th- this is critical for him to get out of the gate uh, as fast as he has. Yes, and it will go a long way uh, with the confidence. And again, Kyle brought up it feels different than last year. And I think that's really true. So there were two other things that stand out to me about what both Kyle and Mark had to say. One, um, Kyle, as I just mentioned, it's it feels different than last year. I think so much of that has to do with these changes that he's made. Um, and going to Butch Harmon, who's a coach, as as Mark Immelman pointed out, that that's so important for a Ricky Fowler because he is a shot maker. He's not a, he's not a ball striker. He moves the ball both ways, which is not really the common theme out on the PGA tour these days. More, more and more guys are going to a single shot shape model where they hit the same shot over and over and over. Ricky isn't that way. And to have a coach like Butch Harmon on, uh, on your side who sees it that way, understands your game, uh, understands the way you see it is extremely valuable. And and I think his his shot making abilities have a huge play a huge role in what he does on the greens. And as I've started to see Ricky's greens irregulation number go up, I've also seen his confidence go up with the putter. Uh, and and there's way less pressure on his putter at the start of this year and I think that's going to go a long way into 2023. Keegan Bradley Wins the Zozo Championship. Ricky Fowler, Andrew Putnam tie for second. Emiliano Grillo's talk about guys who improved their putting. How can you not be optimistic, right? Greg, about Emiliano Grillo moving forward? Oh, come on. I mean, keep it rolling. I mean, little uh, another teaser for tomorrow. Um, well, uh, I won't. I won't say that. But if he's playing, the I haven't. Is, is he playing? Is he playing next week? If you he can't is, say a teaser. The, the te- he's he's just teasing a tease. He's not even willing <laughs> to not. commit to the full to the full tease. He is. Uh, is he playing next week? I'll I check. Don't know. Yes, he's. Yes, he is. He's, he's in right. the field for the CJ Cup. Well, then I I'm playing. I keep thinking the C. I keep forgetting the CJ Cups in the United States. It five is, different courses in five years. It, yeah, that's right. It is. It was. Was it two different ones at Vegas? Yes. Okay. Sh- uh, Shadow Creek and you tell me. 
Oh gosh, I don't know. Summit, Summit Club. Summit Club. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's it's it was bizarre that they went Japan or they went uh, what was it Vegas, Korea. Japan, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, in the last three weeks, Greg, is what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. That sounds like a like a horrible movie plot, and it's like the PGA Tour's route to... <laughs> I think South Carolina is the best course of the bunch. Of the oh, I love this place. Yeah. For real. That, that, that was a thrill going there. It's good. Yeah, I think, I, think it'll, I think next week will, will be cool. Uh, well, sorry, did I interrupt you, Kyle? Were you going to say something else? No, you you're you you kind of got got by this uh, this live thing though. You promised a winner off the top, and we're we're not going to have one by the time we have to talk about it. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do. I'm, We've got. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was interrupting. You do your read. We are going to chat about this live event, uh, which we are still waiting on a conclusion. Again, spoiler alert: uh, they're headed to a playoff. Big big week for Team Crush. Two guys. Brooks kept crushers. Peter Uline. I think it's crushers. I don't think it's the crushers. Actually, yeah, I think it's, it's a team. Wait, yes, the question I was going to I think it's team smash, actually. Smash and, and crushers. Yeah. Yeah. Team smash is Kepka's team. I'm going to pitch you this question, Rick, because <laughs> yes. everyone is like, oh, the team aspect is interesting. When you switch on the leaderboard, wherever you find it, do you go to the team scores first or the individual scores first? Uh, admittedly, I have never ever looked at the team standings. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm 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 but team. I, I'm your team. I'm, team. I'm team. Team. Uh, it's not. It's not the most interesting. Like I don't think it's primary. I think at times they've tried to make it primary, and it's not primary. But I think it's I I like. Okay, here's here's the way I explained it, Mark. To uh, I was talking to a player. Uh, at the open. And I said, listen, like the team thing is kind of goofy or whatever. But like my son, who's eight, he saw the team stuff and he's like, you know, you know, it'd be cool, dad. It'd be cool if uh, Scheffler and Spieth and JT and Rory were on the same team. Yeah. It's cool. And, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we get it once every, uh, once a year. Right. Uh, well, Rory's not on team USA, but, uh, I think there's an I think there's an element of it that like uh, kids can understand because they follow football and basketball and baseball and all this stuff. And it doesn't like you don't need to make it like the primary thing. I'm not saying that I do. I do. I've been surprised by how uh, interested is the wrong word, but how compelled I've been by some of the team stuff. I'm a fan of the team aspect, just not how they've chosen the teams, which was friends randomness <laughs> it was, it brothers was arbitrary it was yeah. nonsense and along those lines too because when i have watched i've sort of tried to figure out what's happening with the teams but i don't like the fact that the format of the scores accumulated over the days change where it's like two scores count on the first couple of days and then on the final day all scores count or whatever i'm like someone make this a little easier because the one day when the south african squad you know, to your thing, they were just all buddies on one team. When they were in contention, I'm like, yeah, they're doing great. And then, because I was counting just the two best scores, then someone's like, no, there's three scores being counted. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, yeah, sorry. The way that's presented is is kind of weird. It, 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 yeah. Even like the team, the uh, Miami, the final event, I think we went over it on this podcast, Rick. It's like, there's, 
it's more confusing than the FedEx Cup playoffs used <laughs> yeah. to be. You're like, I, I don't, they, I have no idea, like, what's going on here. They just showed a graphic, a and report. I was like, I, I had to like take a, I had to take a screenshot of it, Greg, because I'm like, okay, I see this graphic. I don't know how I'm going to explain this when I have to talk about it. it it's a, you got to read a three-page <laughs> essay to figure out the format. I, I yeah. mean, look, I, I understand that it's a new thing. Uh, and it's up and coming. But it, what happens in leagues is we try to streamline things more and more and more so they become simpler and simpler and simpler for the fan to follow. The PGA Tour has been down that road uh, over the last what 15 years, maybe more. And and this has started off extremely complicated. It's like every idea that they have come up with is thrown in together. Uh, and and I don't I don't think that attaches with people. You should know, you know, Rick shouldn't have to take a screenshot of a graphic to understand the format to explain to you. So it's interesting for you to watch just just in a, you know, in a, a broad scheme of things. I, I think that concept is um, is problematic for him. OK, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I've got I've got some more time to kill uh we're gonna get a resolution to this to this live event but we still have to go over our best bets for the week mark do you have time or do i have to get you out of here uh you got to get me out of here yeah okay. but i got one more question you can ruminate on all right so if it's shotgun start the whole event the sudden death do they start on different holes or did they play the same hole what's happening that would be sick <laughs> apparently apparently they start on the same hole because uh peter uline and brooks kapka just teed off on the 18th but yeah. they're gonna play that would be sweet if they teed off on like one and 18 <laughs> <laughs> yeah just meet in the middle until it's over uh mark immelman available on twitter at mark underscore immelman mark thank you good to have you go have a great sunday we love you guys we'll see you soon all right, so, yeah. we will uh, hit our best bets. We will hit the live stuff. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between. But solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code first at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky 
as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. All right, gents. So the first cut moneymaker challenge while uh, the live duo is walking up 18 fairway. Just to recap here. Uh, Greg, we'll start here with you. You have not participated yet in this challenge. We got to get you on a Tuesday show, but Patrick has taken this stance uh, in fading Tom Kim over the course of the last two weeks. Let me tell you, hasn't gone particularly well. He had Hideki over Tom Kim this time around uh, in his matchup. That is not going to work. I understand the, uh, you know, mindset there. Like eventually this is going to fade for Tom Kim, but I, I think he just showed, he just continues to show that he's really good and he's going to be a really consistent player out on the PGA tour. So he's definitely becoming a dangerous guy to fade. Uh, Patrick, rest of his card, Luke List, top 20. That was T29, unfortunately, so close but no cigar there. Terrell Hadden and Tommy Fleetwood to win X and X. KP, your three ball. You got to hate it when this happens. Tom Hoagie. It was tough. Tom Hoagie getting plus money, finishes T9, and does not win this three ball because Cam Champ, Cam Champ of all people, edges out Tom Hoagie by a stroke. Yeah. It it was frustrating because I I think Hoagie kind of gave me what I expected, something in like the – you know, not in the top five, but not outside the top 20. I, I, I was kind of going for something in that range. And he's great. Yeah, he was so good. When, when, when's Cam Champ's last top eight finish? I mean, he'll have them, right? He'll, he'll I feel like when he has them, he wins. Right. Uh, but th- this one was frustrating. I was monitoring it all week and I, he just, oh, he never could get ahead of Champ. It was always like on my little leaderboard, he, uh, Champ was always one spot ahead, one spot ahead, one spot ahead. And that's where he ended up finishing. Last top eight for Cam Champ, T6. That was the Mexico Open. Oh. Uh, before that, five months ago, <laughs> the one before that, last year's 3M Open. And he won. <laughs> before before that, the 2020 Zozo at Sherwood. Oh, that's painful, wow. man. Before that's that, tough. that's a that's a great Safeway. bet. Yeah, his he doesn't. He he. I mean, and that's sort of my point is when he top tens, he wins, right? It's which is is kind of odd. I mean, it's good for him. Like that's what you want to do, but uh, that's tough for my bet there. Four top eight finishes in his la- in the last three years in one month and he found one on you here yes. awesome love that tough scene uh kh lee top 20 no sung and uh hoagie for outrights uh those are not going to work either um however i did i got some green on the board yeah you did terrell hatton plus 115 over cam young that was a sweaty one cash by a shot and greg the the guy the guy i identified as my favorite of the japanese players heading into the week kazuki higa to finish inside the top 40 he finished 
he's 36, but just inside the line, he's the same. <laughs> winner, winner. A nice 69 on uh, on Sunday as well, which yes. which kept him in there. Because um, if he, well, I guess I guess it, 70 would have done it. 71 would have put him out. 70 would have hit right. the top. He would have been, a, yeah, he would have been. 39th or t39 i guess yeah so he yeah. cleared it with cleared it with by two shots yeah. so hey that's good that's a gutsy it's a gutsy play but i like going with the top 40 gives you in a no-cut event especially gives you a little leeway um and it it hit it's nice when it's a little closer in a top 40 it, right it's no fun yeah. when you play a let's say a tom hoagie top 40 and he comes in tied ninth yeah. my i left a lot out there uh, but, but nice in this one. Real quick, do we have any concern over two guys on here? Morikawa, who finished, I think, T46, and Cam Young, who finished like T50 or 51 or something. Do you guys have any any concern? I mean, like one event, is it's dumb to get concerned over, but just in terms of like their sort of trajectory and, and path. Um. Okay, I have a, a little thing on each of them. So, so Colin went back to the just the standard. I think it's the Sim Two driver, which I I think always worries me a little bit when a guy who has a deal that big is not playing the latest model and he's actually gone back. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like he's actually gone back. Like so, something he he did not like something about the stealth. And that always worries me a little bit just from hey comfort level, confidence, whatever it is that that concerns me. Um, that's the only concern I have about him. The Cam Young stuff's kind of more interesting because he has these elite, elite T to green weeks, and we've got all the runner-up finishes and stuff like that. But he does have some bad weeks mixed in there. I mean, he lost four strokes on approach at the Scottish Open. He lost nearly five at the memorial. He can have some weeks where he punts five strokes on the greens. Like he's 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 young. He's raw and talented, and there's a lot of there's a lot of volatility still in that game. Yeah, Cam, Cam Young <laughs> wasn't he near the lead of Memorial and then shot like 86 in the third round or something? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was weird. We talked about that on Monday. Right? I know. I don't know why that came up on Monday, but it that's, did. That's <laughs> odd. I, I think he's a little bit of the. It's it's almost like the Cam Champ thing we we're talking about earlier. I think he's a better player than Cam Champ and more consistent, but he's got these like extremes. And I think that's it doesn't necessarily look right when it's bad like this week, but it's sort of what you want where he's contending for majors and then finishing outside the top fifty at a no cut Zozo, right? Like who cares? I, it doesn't matter. Um, you just have to go in knowing it's going to look bad in the bad weeks morikawa i don't know man like i i think there's a world in which he is not on the uh the Ryder cup team next year wow which sounds crazy but i i, I don't know like he, he just he hasn't done a lot this year i know his number i know the approach numbers are still good uh i, I I watched him. I've probably talked about this on here. I watched him at the PGA when it was like super windy and kind of crazy that, that uh, Friday, Saturday and his ball striking just wasn't, it wasn't very good. And maybe it's an off day. I don't want to blow, you know, blow up his career based on one round at a major championship. I just don't know if he is the ball striker that 
you know, in, in perfect conditions. Yes. If there's anything else at all that's going on, I, I don't know. I, I don't love it. How can you say he's not a great ball striker when he, I watched him hit a golf ball between a pane of glass this wide with the dude. Perfect guys earlier this week. <laughs> That was How can you sick. say that? We were at the uh, Dude Perfect offices like the day after that happened. I was like, could we have not gotten the invite for that day to watch right. that? <laughs> that would be cool. Fun stuff. Um, all right. Do we have the standings here, Troy? For uh, Okay. Oh, no. Sorry. No, you were right. Go to the money balls there. We whiffed on all these. Rick, uh, Siwoo Kim, top 20. No. Patrick, tap, top Japanese player. No. That honor went to Kita Nakajima. Oh, and... Ryo Histatune. Histatune. Wasn't Ryo Ishikawa up there too? I thought he was. Mm. I didn't mean to derail the podcast here. Who? Ishikawa? Uh, Was he he not in the event? No. I don't know. I think I, I saw I think I yeah. saw Rio and I just I just filled in Ishikawa. So yes. my bad. So, on that. so that Rio <laughs> yes was up there. <laughs> T twelve shared top top Japanese. That's honors. that's on me. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Hoagie, okay, Kyle, double down on this. So there's our standings for the money balls, and do we have our season standings? Oh gosh, that's okay. It's early. It's early. It's early. I like my line. Yeah, you're carrying us. Thanks for carrying us, Rick. How's your back? Uh, So far, so good. But there's, you know, 40 events to go. We'll see how it holds up. (laughs) You got to pull out of the red. And Greg and Greg doing his his uh, best job of just being omitted from the list and not participating, which is yeah. Greg, yeah, as yeah. Greg's like a live player, just no OWGR points, no no money involved here. <laughs> I, I like to think of more like just a zero putter, right? <laughs> just as you're just a tour average player, <laughs> average. Zero cross support. Uh, all right, uh, we will chat more live, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. I did not see what just happened. Did they just put? Did they just both tie 18? The uh, they both have like two footers for birdie here. Okay. So we're, so, we're kind of we're watching this as we're taping. So this uh, is, Kepka's got three feet. So Brooks Kepka, Peter Uline in Jetta uh, on the first playoff hole. I believe Uline's second shot was in the greenside bunker. He hit a peach 
out to, I don't know, a foot or two. And then Kyle, I think, what'd you say? So Kepka's got three feet for the, yeah, uh, the birdie as well. He had like a 40 footer for Eagle. And I think he's got uh, three or four feet for, for birdie. I, I, they should both make these. So we're not, we're not going to have a champion. I don't think. And until right. after we're done. Okay, that's fine. Well, I will, we'll we'll do it like this though. So the the top of this leaderboard uh, did have some other of the live big names: Joaquin Neiman, Sergio Garcia, Matt Wolf, Dustin Johnson, Paul Casey. All finish inside the top ten. Greg, this is uh, the last just regular event for them. the The event that they have not this upcoming week. There's a week off, and they go to Miami. That's that team championship in which we discuss. There's um, kind of this bracket, and the top teams are already advanced, and there's uh, three points awarded in head-to-head match play it's this it's this whole thing with i'm sure we'll cover at some point again uh before that event but you know we're gonna have to start doing like season grades here right i mean they've basically now completed bar you know once this playoff ends the the individual regular events of live season one are in the books we're gonna have to start grading this at some point yeah, I suppose. Um, you know, it's very interesting. <laughs> Craig doesn't and, great. Craig, I suppose you might have to ask me about that again at some point. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'll be off that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what's the? You know, we've talked we talk about this constantly, but it, it, this is a, I I watch this, I look at this leaderboard. Um, you talk about where we're grading all of this and everything, and I just it's a, it's just a, a shame to me. Um, you got Brooks Kepka in a playoff in an event um, and that has Dustin Johnson as a top five, Joaquin Neiman, Sergio Garcia, Matt Wolf, all top fives, Paul Casey, a top five. And it's just like these guys are just gone to me. They're they're, you know, out of the world of golf. And it's okay. And I know DJ had his comments about regretting the um, decision and laughingly oh, said he regretted it. Yeah, it was entertaining. DJ's been kind of great through all, through all this. Yeah. And DJ look, and uh, Varner have been great. Yeah. Yeah, kind of in different ways, right? Yeah. Um, Varner definitely expressed his understanding of where everything is. Um, and, and DJ is just raking in cash, you know, like right. unbelievable amounts of money. And that's just what it's about, but it doesn't, it doesn't draw any attention. It doesn't draw very much buzz. We talk about it and, um, and that's it. That's a, like it. And I think going into next year, what is going to be very interesting to me to watch is what they draw on to generate buzz is the owgr battle gonna live on into next year and is that going to create enough buzz to keep the tour going where last year we had so many player moves uh, we had the exodus of pga tour players going to live and that seemed to be the the core centerpiece of the attention on live and if you can't you know with their model um there's not going to be that much changeover there may be some, and look, it can change in an instant. But it, w- what are they going to draw on for attention? And I think what you're seeing now over the last couple of weeks with the viewership, like we, we don't really need to watch Brooks Kepka. People aren't itching to watch them. They're, they're not a big enough draw, as great as they are, where people have to see what they do. And I, I just, the, but the fact that they left the PGA Tour was a major talking point. But maybe it wasn't because they 
they uh, are playing on a new tour, but it's because they're not playing on the PGA tour anymore. So is the attention on the new tour or is the att- was the attention just that they left the PGA tour and that's dramatic. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens going forward, but I feel no buzz about this. I feel no buzz, very little comments, very little um, of any activity going on leading into this event or even during it. Yeah. So as we, just for record keeping purposes, as we're, as we're live right now, it's uh, 10.30 a.m. on the East Coast. Sun coming up on uh, the United States. Brooks Kepka's in a playoff. 42,000 people watching on YouTube. You decide for yourself whether that is more or less than you thought. Uh, we can put a bow on it with this, Kyle. There were a couple of comments made. We've heard we've heard the DJ comments. Brooks Kepka had a comment that was something like, yeah, I'm finally playing well. I'm feeling good. I wish we had more than one event to play. And obviously, that's going to create that's going to create a situation where people are like, uh, well, you could have more events to play bud but um he's at least i suppose from one angle feeling good about his game feeling good about his health yeah brooks uh, brooks did this when he was on the pga tour uh he he would say one thing and then six weeks later he'd say a different thing right so that that's not necessarily new for him he just kind of is tossed about by the wind it it seems at times um don't. Yeah, this is weird. I, I was I haven't watched much of this. I tuned in. Go ahead. I was gonna say, don't get too deep because we got that static back from you. Oh, we can just end it if. Yeah, I, I'll do. I'll do some live stuff next week. We don't. We don't need to do it right now. All right. The 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 golf gods and the technology gods have said uh, no more Kyle <laughs> Porter live takes uh, because the static is back. So. Here's what we'll do. Uh, we've got a a Monday show coming up. CJ Cup Congre, awesome. Obviously, we're going to do the Tuesday. We'll recap everything else that's going on in the world of golf throughout the week. Big thanks, producer Troy, doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Great to charm. Available on Twitter at the Real GFD. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.